Well, first of all, thank you everybody for joining us here for the uh, Rugged Angel live podcast. This is the first one that I've done. (laughs) So, bear with me. Usually it's very um, intimate and quiet in my studio and um, safe space for me to hide. But uh, here I am. I'm just playing. So, awesome. (laughs) Uh, First of all, um, thank you to... Becca Zayla. I'm so sorry. Thank you, Becca Zayla, with the Black Unicorn Library and Archives Project for hosting us. This is a beautiful space. I very much appreciate it. Also, thank you to Every Day is a Sunday for the scrumptious treats. Thanks, Natalie. You guys are awesome. That was very, very good. And um, if there's anything left, I'm going to go back and... Continue my, to get my grub on. But, um, and also, thank you, Bloom Concepts, for partnering with me to do this. Um, what Basically, what we're going to do here is um, this will be the kickoff uh, podcast. I have decided to partner with Bloom Concepts to highlight and talk to all their female artists that they'll be having to come in to their studio and to showcase and as residents and whatnot. So, um, and we're going to call that that series of podcasts Boom Angels. Boom Angels. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm excited about that. If you guys are not familiar with me personally, my name is Camila, and um, I am the host of Rugged Angel Podcast. And this has been going on. This will be podcast number 67. Wow. (laughs) Also a good number. And um, what my goal is with this podcast, what I decided to do was um, to... It all started with me wanting to help foster uh, female relationships, more female relationships in my life. And so each podcast, I talk to a different woman who is doing something amazing in her life, in the community, um, in the world, and um, just get to know her because there's a lot of times, a lot of women that I know already and a lot of women I got to know with this process, um, they are not being, they don't have the spotlight on them enough and you don't hear about them enough. So that is my goal is to uh, make, give them so a voice. Make them be known. And um, as just for my own little thing, um, a rugged angel, the little definition of a rugged angel is a strong, creative woman who charts her own path, leads her own life, and drives the course of history. Yeah. Those are the ladies that I've been talking to. All right. So, um, yeah, in the Rugged Angel cast, it's um, on, I, I recently partnered with WMCK.FM Internet Radio, and so that show airs with music on Wednesdays at 9 p.m., again on Thursdays at 5 p.m., and then on that Monday at 1 p.m., so this will be there. All right, three and, times. Um, yeah, three times, and um, <laughs> then after that, <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be on um, Libsyn and iTunes under Rugged Angel Productions, and Rugged Angel is one word. Um, and you can also pe- you know catch up on past guests and past episodes and things like that. And I've got cards out there to to help you remember. All right, so I think it's time to get to know my guests today, right. Miss Anne Quinny Wingfield and Julie Malice. Hello, hello. This is, yeah, this is new for all of us. How is your day going so far, ladies? 
Actually, today's been great. Um, yeah, we were singing on the corner because the sun was out. We were that's true dancing and enjoying. If ourselves. you were if you were strolling oh, down, youth. <laughs> yeah, if you were strolling down Penn Avenue, you may have caught Julie and I on the corner. Just sun, sunny booing, <laughs> honey booing, and sunny booing. Yes, yeah. there was no no video caught of that. There was. It was all captured. It was just all in well, real life. Yeah, it was captured through all of that positive chemical reaction in our bodies. It's going to transmute right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Also, there will be a, a Q&A question, uh, session after I talk to them. Just so if you guys have any questions for the ladies, feel free to get those prepared. Um, we'll do that. That will be also a first for me. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So let's get to know you guys individually. And Quinique, let's, yes. let's learn about what's your history, what's your background, what's your, what makes Quinique? Oh, man, that's a loaded question. And you do it in, like, seven minutes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, no, but I'm excited. I'm really excited. This is, like, our second time. Yes, and Quinique was one of my very, very first yep. Rugged Angels to appear like on my show. You were like Yeah, you were, like, number six or seven. Yeah. <laughs> so... So here we are, number 67. So I'm so proud of all wow. your work and Thank just, you. like, keep keeping it moving and building new relationships. And I appreciate um, the opportunity because I, I oftentimes do feel similarly. We talked about this before about, you know, the, uh, relationships with women, whether they be your same your old, your same age or a decade, you know, older than you or whatever it is. You know, how do we navigate uh, through our relationships as women and support each other and through all the things and so thank you for for this platform. And we're excited to um, be sharing this platform with our Boom Women artists uh, who are awesome. But you did ask about me, so I'm here. <laughs> and um, That's another I thing do... we kind of get caught up in uh, giving props to everybody else. That's into, true. Uh, net- I think or, that um... happened last time, too. Uh, yeah. it, was sh- it was a shout out. Shout out, shout out. Shout out. It was a shout out um, episode. But uh, yeah, I'm a Pittsburgh native. I was born in Homewood. Um, in Pittsburgh, I also lived around the city in different neighborhoods. Um, moved to Maryland, D.C. area for some time, and uh, then came back up this way to go to undergrad at IUP. And I've been living here in Pittsburgh ever since, and loving it. Um, I'm a singer and a vocalist. I have a degree in uh, vocal performance, so my background is in classical music and opera, but I also am a child of jazz and R&B and hip-hop and funk and soul music, so um, a lot of my practice right now is sort of meshing those things together and creating a performance that's true to sort of my creative self, which is encompassing of all of those things. And um, most recently, I've been shifting my roles. I've always done a lot of education work as well. Um, I've taught youth in the city from little, little babies to old babies. And <laughs> they're out there. And, uh, and so um, right now I'm working, I'm running a, a few early childhood programs with the Opera Theater of Pittsburgh. Um, soon to be the Pittsburgh Festival Opera. So keep an eye out for that. And uh, so I run their early childhood programs there. Also, I'm helping them um, coordinate a series of workshops around a new opera that's premiering um, this summer. So um, just sort of a lot of like sort of community organizing it around opera and classical music, which is cool. Um, so I'm sorry, and, real quick. Is yes. this a program to educate children on opera? And 
with the the workshops. Yeah, like what? So it's, it's a number of things. So my so our early childhood programs work to educate, like expose and educate young children to opera, but more so how to use music, dramatic play, and the arts to um, so sort of be the foundation of learning for literacy and all the things that young children are trying to learn and get ready for first grade, right? And, so, and those are like sort of the critical points of, of a child's life. <clears throat> so it's, 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 it's a lot about opera, but it's more about how do we use these tools um, and get our kids sort of understanding those tools early so that they are just better learners okay. um, throughout their lives. The workshops for the new opera are community-based. Um, we are doing some education workshops, but it's mostly high school students. Okay. Um, and the, uh, the new opera is called called A Gathering of Sons Plug, and um, it's, it's a really, really powerful new piece um, set in Pittsburgh, uh, a lot about Black Lives Matter and um, issues of police brutality and relationships between police officers and community members, particularly in black neighborhoods. Um, but And so we're having a, a series of workshops where we're opening up discussion about the issues that present themselves within the piece and also um, about this process of creating an opera and what that looks like when you add in jazz and gospel influences, when you... Um, put black people as the writers and the creators of the content and on the stage. Uh, so it's a, it's a lot of new energy and a lot of learning happening across the board. So it's really cool. Um, also, which is really exciting, I've been working with Boom Concepts this year um, as their studio manager, rolling out our new um Boom Studios Artist Membership Program. So I'm very excited to be um, sort of on the forefront, on the ground floor of building that program and um, finding new ways and increased ways to serve artists, um, not just as they create work, but also as sort of trying to figure out art to make money and what that means for their old lives, like holistically. So working diligently to build that program and recruit people and figure out what that means. Um, so it's a busy time. Yes. It's a busy time. Also, um, getting ready for a really awesome show, which we'll talk about. Yes, we will get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do over here. But that's, that's me and a GIF. Um, I'm excited. I'm, I live in Garfield. Pittsburgh's cool. I love performing. I love working with youth. I love creating opportunities for artists to challenge themselves and build new audience and visibility. Um, yeah, it's all good. I love my boo thing over here, Mr. DS Kinsel. <laughs> Putting Aww. it on wax for you, boo. That's <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Putting it on wax. So, <laughs> that's it. That's enough. You're so cute. <laughs> Okay, Miss Julie. All right. How do I follow that up? So, just got to say thank you for, for hosting us today and, and you know, starting this conversation. It's really awesome to be here. Um, you asked about our background, so... Yeah, like, who are you? Because I don't really know you that well. Ooh, mystery. Ooh. Yeah. Mystery boo. So, um, mystery day. I was trying to figure out, you know, who, who I am, you know, day to day, because every day you're evolving and growing and learning new things and trying new things. Um, I have a background in, in art, studio art, specifically time-based media and stuff that's hosted um, electronically or uh, that's movement-based. 
um, and visual, and I also have a background studying anthropology, so I think a lot of that um, has filtered into the work I do today, Um, and the work I do today definitely spans across different types of industries. Um, So I'm a visual artist, um, a VJ, Um, I like to host events and parties and produce things, and I'm the creative director at Boom Concepts. Um, I am... Uh, what else? I'm a big biker, cyclist, runner. Um, I like doing health and wellness type things. Okay. And, um, Are you from Pittsburgh? I'm not from Pittsburgh. I'm coming up on, I think, nine years now. I can't even keep track, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> oh, I can't remember how long it's been. Uh, so, yeah, I've been here for about nine years, I guess. And I'm originally from Cheltenham, which is north side of Philadelphia. Um, I lived there my whole life, and then I moved to Pittsburgh to go to college. And um, at first, I really did not like this town at all, Um, but that's just because I didn't know anything. And then I learned, uh, I actually learned to love it by by riding my bike and and running and through the town. Just You have to go on every single street because you get bored of going on the same ones, and you end up just learning so much just on the ground level. Um, so that's when I really fell in love with Pittsburgh, was just exploring it, running around, biking around. Um, and that's when I realized, like, oh, yeah, I got to stay put here. Um, and ever since I, you know, have done that made that choice, um, so many really positive opportunities and collaborations and friendships have really developed and um, become present in my life. Mm-hmm. And so every time I'm working on something, something else great pops up, and I'm working on that, too. And it's just been this continuous wheel of of great collaborations and projects and support um, I'm very lucky to be part of a very supportive community both like the inner onion and like the other layers of onion like you know foundation community philanthropy like they, they're here they're in southwestern PA um, western PA so I'm very appreciative to, to find that support and have landed myself where I am it's a little bit about my background uh, there's plenty more to say. <laughs> oh, it was my birthday a couple days ago. Ah, happy birthday. So, thank you. Old Julie. Old Julie. <laughs> um, so, I'm like... Is that, is that your new handle now? <laughs> Old Julie. That's, that's my new handle. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. <laughs> Julie Malice Art. But, yeah, so, you know, just trying to live and thrive um, and resist and fight. And just every everything that I do, whether it's for myself... Um, in my art and just like my general self um, health and in my careers I'm always trying to put that um, resistance first because we've got to use every tactic and every means and medium and thing possible um, to agitate, agitate, agitate Word. So. so when did you, this is a question for both of you and whoever wants to hop in first can go ahead and do that, when did you realize you were an artist and when did you when were you comfortable calling yourself an artist? Because sometimes, <laughs> I know for myself personally, those are two different timelines. So... That's a good question. <laughs> uh, I think that... Um, see, it's interesting. I, I never really thought about what I did as a singer or as a musician as, as like, art. Like, I never thought of it like I was an artist. Okay. Um, until a lot later. But I've been singing my whole life, right? So I've been, like, singing, like, since I was little. I couldn't shut up. And you have you know a, your mean? family, your fam- musicians in your family. Yeah, my father's a musician. So, you know, I kind of grew up around music in very different, like, parts of my life. 
Um, I think I start didn't really start calling myself an artist or using that language until after college. Okay. Probably like two or three years. It might have been around the time I met Daryl, <laughs> but it was probably two or three years after college. Um, is when I started thinking about this, okay, I'm an artist. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as an artist, I have to, you know, I'm in control of certain things of, of not only the content or what I want to create, but also how it's presented Mm -hmm. Um, and thinking about all the aspects that go into that. And so that was a journey and that, that sort of changed the game for me because that, that idea of responsibility as an artist like really settled in and I realized okay you know me just sort of standing in front of people and knowing my repertoire and, and sort of doing the thing as a classical singer like that I was the way I was taught in college you know is one thing when you have that sort of foundation and support so if you do an event or you do a concert mm-hmm. that the concert hall is there it's a part of the university you don't have to pay for the rental fee <laughs> you know what I mean your company comes right. to every lesson with you so you, you know you you have a rapport right. with them you don't have to pay them you do pay them but not like it isn't just like the, the professional world if you know there's all this support around what you do and then when you don't have that support you realize okay now I really am responsible for you know all these other sort of production kinds of mm-hmm. kinds of responsibilities um, and that I think is when I was like okay I'm an artist not just because I can do it because I can also you know control all these aspects around how it's presented and who it's presented to and you know and all that okay yeah I would say for for me, um, I, I guess I always identified as an artist in some capacity. Um, I definitely always knew I was different. Like I was always like kind of a weirdo. Um, <laughs> nothing's really changed. Like I'm still a little different, um, and people tell me that. And um, so I've always found comfort, support, achievement, and um, an outlet through the arts. You know, from a young age. So I always gravitated towards making art. You know, doing crafty things. Um, and, and probably by the time I was, you know, still in like K to 12, like in, you know, middle school, high school, I started taking art more seriously. I got my first like real sketchbook that I, that, that I really like contributed to, um, when I was probably like 13 or 12 or whatever. And I, I filled up every page of that sketchbook and then I got another one, filled up every page of that book and then another one. And I was just like drawing, 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 painting, writing, thinking, um, so I always really felt like an artist, um, but then it probably wasn't until I had my first like actual exhibition or gallery show that I was like, oh, I'm an artist. How old were you? Um, I was 18, but it was just like a little sort of like high school artist thing <laughs> at the local community college. Like it wasn't like a big show or anything. I think I got in through a class of mine. But it was a good experience. I got to go and show up and see the piece in person and, like, see your work hung up next to other artists. That's a very cool experience. Um, And then I did follow a very sort of traditional path of I went to an art school. I took a lot of art classes anytime they were available. When I was in high school, we had a partnership with the um, Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts, and they let us take classes there for free at my high school. So I got to go down there once a week, do figure drawing. Um... Oh yeah, I was very lucky. Got to pursue art in college, so it's been very relevant for me throughout, and it's helped me to, um, you know, get to the places I am today and find like sanity and, and creativity and put stuff out there. So, okay, you mentioned 
feeling like a weirdo yeah. when you were younger. <laughs> As I'm sure a large majority of us sure, yeah. have felt as such. But I know that you two are probably like at least a solid decade younger than I am. So it's like a different, I'm sure it's a very different thing growing up because it's a lot harder to find your people, yeah. per se. Um, at least for me, it wasn't... I wasn't. I was. I was trying too hard to fit in. I didn't let my freak flag fly per se, and it's not like it's that big to begin with. But still, um, but and nowadays it's it's like, you know, kids find it much easier to find people who are more like them. Just you know, with the internet and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Were you were you able to find people that to relate to? And and when did you feel like that you were kind of misplaced or or out of the? I totally share that sentiment. <laughs> um, more so than I would probably like to admit. But, um, but yeah, I, um, yeah, I moved a lot. I moved around a lot as a, as a young person. So there was always this, um, like, anxiety of, like, meeting new people. Mm. Like, okay, I got to make friends. <laughs> okay, I got to go through this process, making friends. And I'm a generally kind of a shy, more introverted kind of person. So that was more difficult for me as a young person. I think it wasn't until like high school um, and I went to high school uh, in Beltsville, Maryland High Point High School Eagles Um, (laughs) and uh, I had a really really wonderful uh, choral program, music program that I was a part of and that was like like you said, finding my people, mm-hmm. like that was like the place, and it was really like the only place <laughs> um, where I felt like you know I I was on a plane with a group of people, and we were all on one accord, and had um, like a lot of respect for our choir director, and really wanted to like you know do a good job and be excellent and we were charged to be excellent um and we just shared we all just sort of banded together in that you know wanting to be you know really good at what we wanted to do and this is high school so i so that was sort of probably one of the first times i found sort of my like sort of gang of folks where i was like okay i'm here i'm with y'all i'm a part of the thing like i don't feel like a total uh outcast but even that was challenging at different times um but it was but those feelings for me have always been related to music um you know all the time is that whether it was like i'm a i'm a part of a cast Mm -hmm. you know we're we're all rehearsing for this show together whether i belong to another choir or an ensemble of some sort you know sort of like this coming together for the music that's like a reoccurring theme for me in my life and now i feel um really blessed to have a crew (laughs) and it's not strictly music related um but it is a crew of extremely talented artists creative workers um we all sort of like i think band together on a similar accord of you know needing to make art needing to put our art out there needing resources around doing that and needing art to sort of help us survive and cope Mm. with all of this you know so i think we really band together on that on that front and it's it's a beautiful thing and I'm and I'm extremely blessed for that yes yeah when did you find your people all right well you know when did I find my people I I was born into like a big group of people so I was lucky to always have like a bunch of siblings around like just a ton of kids and like 
the chances are we had a lot in common. So um, <laughs> that was always helpful, and like I really appreciate that like, coming from such a big family. How big was your family? Um, there was five kids, so and we were all very close in age, um, within seven years of age. So we we you know it's not like we weren't didn't have differences here or there, but at the end of the day, you know we're 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 going through a lot of the similar um, a lot of similar types of situations. So. I always had that, right? Right. Um, but I would say, you know, I've never been really strictly part of, like, one community or one group. I always kind of floated around and mm-hmm. found commonalities and, and, you know, common interests and friendships in, in different groups and different people and different communities. So... Uh, I don't. I don't know. It's, it's like kind of always been that way. Like there, there's some people for me, you know. And I appreciate that, but it's never really just like one community or place or people. And yeah, you're kind of fluid. Fluid, yeah. So a chameleon, if you will. Yeah, I, I feel like a chameleon sometimes, like when it's cold out and, the, and my body can't warm back up. But. Um, <laughs> but I digress. Um, so yeah, here are my people. I mean, also like finding people through books and music and I think definitely the music world has really helped me to find my people like people who love the same type of music as you mm. is very powerful yeah because um, you can have like you can you can share an experience together that's very like um, it, you can't even describe it it's not tangible but um, it's very powerful and then same with politics like so through music and politics there's like two huge things in my life people who share like similar political ideologies you can find a lot of power in that community um so i think i think surrounding myself with people who have interest in those two things that that match with mine has been very helpful especially in the last you know five five or so years or more two weeks um Um, so yeah so speaking of community like you guys are the first ladies of boom concepts am i correct in saying that um, that, oh, I would say that's that's how that you want to describe it. You know, we'll go for it. <laughs> so um, I'm like I'm my own first lady. So uh, well, no. but as long as you're saying we come first, like we'll take it. I mean, I'll take it at least. <laughs> so I'm gonna give me a little bit of background for a little bit of history on Boom Concepts, and then you can talk about your your crew that is uh, these booms. And I feel like there's someone entering now. Yes, well, cousin Tay, cousin Tay, lively. Um, so yeah, I'll let Julie. I'll let Julie give a little spiel about. All right, background of Boom Concepts. So it's it's so unbelievable. Um, Boom Concepts has been one of the biggest blessings in my life for sure. Um, I think it really all started because um, just a combination of factors. One, increasing rent prices. Um, coming up in, in Lawrenceville and other areas, East Liberty that are being gentrified, this, mm-hmm. this conversation that's happening of, we need a space to make work, we need a space to occupy, um, rents are high, we need solutions for that, that's like one part of the conversation. Next part is like, we need to own space, entrepreneurship, right? Mm-hmm. So between Thomas Agnew, who runs Genesis Magazine, coming up on their, is it 10 year anniversary? Woo! Your anniversary, plug it out. Nice. April first. April first is, is the party. April first is the party. So, so you know, having a strong partnership between Thomas, who's who's running a media platform um, in print and digital for ten years, um, combined with. Um, the collaborative art practice of D.S. Kinsel and myself, we call ourselves Magic Organs, we've been practicing <laughs> together since about 2011, 
um, you basically have the conditions of a lot of powerful, creative folks needing space and being vocal about it. And so um, that vocalness came about on Twitter. Twitter fingers were up, as always. <laughs> and um, that actually really made something happen. Like, that really works. Um, so people in the foundation community, um, people in local CDCs, take note, you know, so we were so able... So you're saying that the birth of Boom kind of, like, was... Happened on kinda, Twitter? Yeah, kind of. Um, I'm saying that definitely sparked it. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, I would, there's no one... Um, origin story necessarily right. that was but, one of the sparks of the boom but I would say Twitter really helped us boom and like boom is a very intentional word it's like boom like it's happening um, so we were very lucky that we, we could work with our local um, with the Bloomfield Garfield Corporation to help us identify and acquire our rental space and they provide us with fiscal support um, they can provide us with you know, letters of support, mentorship, just um, being our friend and ally by being a couple um, storefronts away from us and, and, and helping us out in different capacities. Um, help from the foundation community, Heinz Endowments, um, Sprout Fund sometimes. Like a couple of um, people have been out there very supportive of what we do. And that was now three years ago. Wow. It's unbelievable. 2014, March 2014, we Woo. got our got That's our amazing. space up and up and running. And July um, fourth weekend, we hosted an official two day long um, opening party extravaganza. <laughs> um, and since then, we now have we're operating in three locations. So we have got our Boom Concepts space on the Ave um, in Garfield, 5139 Penn Avenue. I'm sorry, four, four spaces. Four spaces. I'll get to that. <laughs> um, then we were lucky to um, uh, highlight another partnership, which allowed us two spaces in Allentown. One is um, right around the corner, 829 Industry Street is the address, and it's a studio space, which Anne Quinique will probably elaborate on shortly that she's managing. Um, it's a very great studio space, and... Um, opportunity for artists to, to have a lot of support um, in very material and social and spatial ways. Um, and the next space being the one we're in right now, which is ah. 732 East Warrington Avenue, home to the Black Unicorn Project, Black Unicorn. which is a really cool um, organizing project by Becca Zalem Gooney, where um, in spaces such as this, there is a concentration of books by black women artists, or black women writers and artists, um, queer so folks. and queer folks, um, people, you know, coming at it from a literary standpoint. Um, it can be fiction, nonfiction, um, children's. contemporary children's, um, historic, any types of books, but making sure that they're available, they're present, they're in the space, as well as artwork, as well as hosting relevant events. Um, and I'm sure that's something that we can expand on more. So that's our the, the third space we're so lucky to share and occupy yeah. and um, bring to the community. And the, the final one for now um, is, a, <laughs> is, is a, another partnership with um, Babyland, who has helped us to secure um, space in the North Oakland neighborhood where um, our artists have access to additional facilities and resources to create work and also network with a wider variety of artists working in different mediums. So we want to make sure our artists have opportunities across the city and that um, not only that, but people who live across the city can participate in different areas. So we're really trying to um, weave a really um, big quilt and uh, we want everyone to be a part of that. 
i.e. killing the game. Yeah, big, up, <laughs> big ups to our founders, Thomas Agnew and D.S. Kensel for yes. Vision. Yes. I feel like Thomas is completely... <laughs> he has no idea what's going on. It's okay, because he's going to listen to the three uh, times his features later. Yes. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> so, Anglonica, yes. you, were, you were to expound on the 829 space. Yeah. Yeah, so we're excited. I mean, we're excited. Um, The 829 industry street space, uh, we are taking applications uh, for eight to ten artists to inhabit that space um, and have sort of like a studio there. Um, But they'll also, it's part of a membership program where they'll also be able to access um, all the resources that we can muster and all the resources that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we're really trying to do is utilize partnerships with institutions, organizations um, around the city that have the resources available that we need, um, but are oftentimes don't know where that plug into is or how to connect with um, artists that we are associated with, which are artists representing marginalized voices and particularly black and brown folks. Um, So, you know, we are sort of trying to make that an easier sort of connection into providing resources and um, utilizing the partnerships because, you know, organizations and people have resources here. Um, This region, thankfully, has an abundance of those resources, but those resources have not been available traditionally for black and brown people in this region. So we are on the forefront of making sure that, you know, we serve as um, an an incubator, but also a bridge um, to make sure those resources are allocated where they need, where they're most needed. Um, and we're just focusing on creative work and creative entrepreneurs and artists because that's what we know. Um, but uh, but that's that's true across sector and across discipline or whatever you do. Mm-hmm. And how did you both individually get involved with Boom? Huh. Well, that that happened pretty organic. Um, I think Boom really grew very organically. It was always like someone um, saying, hey, we need this or we want to do that. Um, so Boom really grew. But I think the first sort of needs that came out of Boom were um, Daryl and I needed a studio space for our art practice, Magic Organs. So you knew Daryl before? Yeah. So we had been working together for probably like four years before we opened up Boom Concepts. So um, we had been working together. Daryl was able to identify a space with, with Thomas Agnew. And um, Daryl brought me in immediately as a, um, as a collaborator in the art space. And we were going to be able to use Boom Concepts on the bottom level as our art studio practice. Um, but then, you know, that started and that was great and it was very great so then a lot of people were like wait a second we want to do this in the space we want to show our work we want to do this project we want to host this event so it became um, much more than just oh we're going to run our own practice and Tom's is going to run Genesis magazine it's like oh yeah and we're also going to um, provide a lot of on-hand support mm-hmm. and um, collaboration with other artists and creative entrepreneurs um, and that's how it really grew to today. But um, I got involved as a studio artist originally. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I've been, I've just been kind of on the in the background uh, the whole time. I mean, I've, I've been a working artist and and doing my thing. Um, 
around the city in different venues, working with different kinds of artists and people. Um, and, you know, Daryl and I are partners, and so I've been sort of in the background as a support to help, you know, whatever needs to happen where I can. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I came on as a studio manager, uh, uh, partially because I, w- I was really interested in, in it. It made sense. Um, and, you know, when we got the opportunity to open up the second space through through our through Hilltop Alliance and RE360, um, you know, that was through sort of like a relationship that Daryl and I had previously. And, um, and they reached out and it made sense. And so I said, OK, well, the team is working really hard and, you know, we're all sort of at capacity in different parts of our lives and particularly with, you know, with us managing uh, this space. None, this is, none of us have, just so y'all know, none of us have like salaries, like, this, you know what I mean, to do this work. And so, you know, I, I kind of stepped in so that, Labor so that, t- so that st- doing this expansion would not be too overbearing on the rest of the team members. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think we saw the opportunity and saw the vision that it could be greater and that we could do more. Um, and it just required me to sort of step out of the shadows and do that. And, um, and I'm honored to take on that challenge. So, uh, you know, it's 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 fun. It's challenging. It's an, I'm learning a lot. It's a new thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, when we start, as we start to establish ourselves and get a little bit more more structure involved, and we grow and we do are able to pay ourselves those salaries. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, somebody more qualified than me will be will be the studio manager, and we can just pass it along <laughs> to somebody who like you know really qualified to do the job. Right. You know. Uh, but for right now, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to be doing the work. And, um, and you know, we just all, we try to take care of each other. We really are a team. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's about sort of relieving stress and, and balancing that between all of us and communicating. So, you know, and it just never hurts to have another, you know, a little bit more femme energy Word. in the space <laughs> of things. You know, it, it never hurts to have, you know, a black woman, black woman energy. And in, yes. in the place, so, and in charge, you know, and not that we were lacking that at all, because you know, it, you know, our 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 art, many of our artists are black women. Most of our artists are black women, so so you know, but so you know, so I'm here. I'm always been around. I'll be around. <laughs> well, well, congratulations to you all for creating and continuing to continuing to grow such a beautiful and just magical community of artists and just people because from on the outside looking in I'm gonna look like you guys are, you have nothing but full support there's all this creativity and this education and just intelligence that's going through and it's just uh, it's refreshing to see in such young folk oh. to do <laughs> thank you very much thank you very much now let's talk about a love supreme Supreme. <laughs> I, love I love that everything comes with jingles with you guys. Yeah, <laughs> That's like my fault. <laughs> That's Only my fault. good at it, though. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so, I love Supreme. Um, I love Supreme premiering at the New Hazlet Theater February 16th Thursday. at 8 p.m. Thursday, February 16th at 8 p.m. Um, a part of the community supported art uh, program. And Julie and I are doing a um, performance, a collaborative performance for that, uh, for this show, for that time. Is this your first collab and, performance uh, together? 
It's not. Okay. It's not. So, and this is the thing. This is one of the most beautiful things about, you know, our team and these relationships is that, like, Julie and I have been working together for years um, in different ways. Uh, She is a core member of the Groove Aesthetic, which is the artist collective. Um, And, you know, she's been doing visuals for different shows of mine for for different reasons. And we're around each other all the time. You know, it it makes, it really, really makes the most sense. Um, I just don't know if it's as public as it is now. I don't think people always knew, you know, that we I were think, sort of collaborating. I think that's the person poster, like with your face all yeah, on it. I know. <laughs> we definitely received so much support, especially from the New Hazlet Theaters um, CSA program. They provide yes. so much support, which is very cool. But, you know, even before we started performing together or, or doing, like, live shows together, I was making posters for Anne Clinique for yep. her shows. Okay. That's how it really started. It was yep. like... Julie, we need you to do this poster. <laughs> All right. So, like, whip it up. You know, made a couple cool like that, you know, yep. groove aesthetic. Um, and then I was able to actually be a part of the productions themselves as well. Um, and then we did probably our fo- first, like, piece that was just Anne Quinique and I and, and not the whole team. Well, we still worked with the team, though. You still worked, had your whole team, but uh, at the City of Asylum. Yes. Over the summertime. And that really helped to um, lead the way forward to a love supreme and yes. the, the intentional collaboration that was was just between us as core members of the production. Um, so yeah, we're really blessed to have such a supportive crew at NHT, yeah. um, hooking us up with the posters all over town and doing all of the behind the scenes works. It's like we're doing all the operations for for Boom and for a lot of other artists in the city. So it's really cool to see yes. them do the operations for us and yes. um, see how they represent us. It's Thank a learning you. experience. It's like how do other people try to narrate us? It's a luxury. Yeah. It's a luxury and and an interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and the visibility they provide too—it's like it's a new experience, and it's um, it's something I'm trying to embrace. Even though it's still a little weird to see your face while you're peeing on the toilet. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's me and my honeydew. All right, you know. Okay, so what can we expect with the Love Supreme? So the Love Supreme, the performance uh, for me—it, it, I, I like to do things in threes. Anyone who like knows me. Or knows me well knows I like to do things in threes so there's three sections and it's kind of pulling off three different projects that I'm into or interested in and have been doing over the years and so the first section um, is sort of a spinoff of Sirens and Queens which is a, a concert series that I started at the which our first version was at the City of Asylum, One Hood Performance, um, which is a celebration of black women in classical music. I've been doing research for a number of years around black women composers and collecting anthologies and um, and, uh, repertoire scores um, of different uh, black women composers. And and so this first piece is... um, The first piece that you'll hear is some excerpts from a really beautiful song cycle by... uh, um, Dorothy Rudmore called Sonnets on Love, Rosebuds, and Death. Hmm. Um, so I'm very excited about that piece because it's very obscure. I don't think it's been done a whole lot. There's not many recordings of it available, um, but the score is really interesting. So it'll just be some, just bringing to night light some just new repertoire. Um, the second iteration is uh, some excerpts from a piece I collaborated on called On the Edge of Night. That piece was written by Daniel Bernard Romain um, and Yona Harvey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yona Harvey. 
Yona's been on the show. Yes, yes. My love, Diana, my love, Yona Harvey. And uh, she wrote the libretto for that piece. So I'm very excited to sort of uh, pull, that, pull that out of the closet. I haven't performed it a whole lot. And um, sort of the third section is premiering some new music that I've been working on um, over the past year or so. And... Uh, and yeah, and Julie is, and Julie and I are collaborating like on some visuals and things to incorporate throughout the performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, moving around a little bit. Um, I won't just be parking and barking, as they say. Parking and barking. Parking and barking. <laughs> That's what they say in the, in the coral, in the coral, coral world. Okay. They're like, don't just stand there and park and bark. So you know, you gotta there's move choreography. <laughs> is that what's happening? Oh, it's yeah. not quite choreography. <laughs> but, <laughs> don't, yeah. It's just like, well, no. It's just, you know, I got some blocking. But but we're excited. I think what 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 the audience will definitely see is this. Um, I think an on-stage sort of interaction between Julie and I that people have probably never seen. Um, <laughs> You'll also see just some footage and videos of things that that remind us of, of the lyrics and the music that's being presented. And it's also taking each of these pieces and sort of placing them in these sort of little scenes and vignettes. So each piece will sort of have its own story. Um, and that is um, one of the things I'm really excited about to take the text that I'm working with and sort of extract it mm-hmm. um, and sort of pull those themes through different set pieces and a lot of through uh, Julie's visuals. Uh, yeah, so there's a little bit of fun stuff. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So it's February 16th. February 16th, um, Thursday. There's a matinee performance. Friday the 17th for, for the babies. For the for for babies. Four, four different schools are going to be coming through, and um, yeah, we're very very excited about that. And I, I think the big thing for the New Hazel Theaters um, CSA production is they want to challenge the ideas of performance, and they want the artists to really like present performance in a way that you wouldn't normally or think of in a theater production setting. Mm-hmm. So we're we're um, working to kind of cross those boundaries. And one way is that as someone who does live visuals, I'm often behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm hosting Thundercuts up in front, I'll be up there with the DJ. But usually I'm behind the scenes in like a little, you know, corner. In a little corner. Um, but for this production, I'm actually going to be on the set. Like, okay. I'll be part of the set design. But, like, I'll be performing, but I'll be leading the visuals. Um, that will give me that chance to interact with Anquanique, who it will be on stage. Um, and also... Are you um, comfortable on stage in front of... Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> um, Julie's a natural. Yeah, like, Julie, I don't really have that much shame when it comes okay. to, you know, being on the stage because it's like you know you're here you're, you're witnessing this what's the worst that can happen <laughs> <laughs> all right Challenge make sure you accepted. come and check it out what's really exciting too is that um, I think the collaboration for Julie and I and how we interact with each other naturally um, is something that's very special that we don't have to work at Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm excited to take that sort of like natural interaction and chemistry that we have and putting it into these these sort of these this performance st- structure into these vignettes and these scenes and um, and we're we're really excited about what's been coming out and and what happens when we're intentional about that chemistry yeah you know, cause, um, and I think it's beautiful because it's rare that or it's not rare but it's it's something special when you find 
a creative collaborator, especially in the performance world, you know, someone that you can vibe with on stage mm-hmm. and move around easily with or, or who can, you know, if you if you mess up or drop the line, they can pick it up and, yeah. you know, keep the energy moving. So, you know, lots of lots of sort of uh, bouncing off of each other. Mad respect to you both for being able to do that <laughs> comfortably and professionally and with so much talent and vigor. And I will definitely be there well, to see the show. I think all the building we do off the stage really makes it that much more easy on the stage. So That's true. It's like we still are doing that work. It's just not in the traditional like practice room. Yeah, and there's no replacement for yeah for that. <laughs> and you get tickets through New Hazlet. Yep, you can get tickets at newhazlettheater.org. Um, you can read all the information. There's a little video there that Julie and I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so yep, you can get tickets there. They're available. They're going quickly, so run, 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 get, run, them, get, get them, them now. <laughs> they, they probably will be sold out. So. Yeah, they probably will be sold out, so you better get them. Yeah. That's her tactic to get them sold out. Individual. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be laughing. uh, I know Pittsburgh. Don't just show up and be like, (laughs) because they won't let you win. (laughs) No, they will. They will. Individually or together, however you want to answer, what haven't you done yet in life or or artistically that you want to do? Wow. Just one of the things. I'm sure there's. Oh, like one thing that we still want to do? Yeah, something that you want to still accomplish. Still Damn, create, I want to record an album. Okay. That's definitely on my on the top of my you to-do list. You haven't recorded an album yet. Like, you mean a solo album? Yeah, like a, an album that I wrote, them, that I write, that I organize, that I, you know, help to oh, produce. Wow. And yeah, I want to record an album. All right. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't hear Dawn ask. <laughs> what genre? What genre? All of them. All of the genres. All right. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to make up a new genre. <laughs> well, I think, I think one of one of the powerful things about uh, about my process for music is that it's not it's not it doesn't live within a genre it lives within like my ability to execute different vocal styles or what have you so anything could happen like anything could come out of it it will be soulful it will always be soulful and that's i think that's one of the core that's my rule is that if it's opera if it's what you know if it's jazz if it's you know spirituals mm-hmm. you know whatever it is if it's you know art songs it's soulful you know what i mean because that is that is at the core and the root um of of me and my blackness as a singer, my blackness as an artist, like that's what I bring. It's not like if I'm a if I'm a black opera singer, it's like okay, that's cool, that's cute, but it's not just that. Mm-hmm. With that, I'm bringing all that is a part of that blackness. And for me, musically, um, that is soul. Yeah. You know, so however you define that, whatever that sounds like to you, you know that you know that's sort of like the 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 thread that lives amongst it all. Okay. Ms. Julie? Great question. Big questions. Um, I I would love to improve my animating skills to be able to animate more stuff um, using different types of programs. Um, What am I trying to do? I would love to have a permanent piece, Mm. um, like a permanent public art piece um, out there. Um, have some permanence in like in a museum setting, 
So I'm looking for um, the ability to expand upon the skills I have and to um, make permanent some of the ideas that I've been working on for the past decade. <laughs> um, and just, you know, that's that's the that's the way I'm going. Show out the mat. Yeah, nice. show out the mat. Nice. Well, we all want to show yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you ladies self-care? How do you make sure to check in the Julie and Okay. Well, we definitely check in with each other. We do. Yeah. We have some nice check-ins, which is very powerful and beautiful. Aquarius is. Um, <laughs> you just have a birthday too, I think. You got one coming up. Coming up. Coming up. Six I'm gonna be thirty, y'all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Baby girls all grossed up. I know. <laughs> I told my mom, I'm like, look, I told my parents, actually both of them, I was like, look, when the baby of the family turns 30, it's over. Like, everybody is old, okay? When the baby turns 30, like, everybody got to get themselves together. I'll tell them the same thing. Yeah. It's like, funny. So you guys check in with each other. We check in with each regular. other. I have a whole bunch of, like, daily rituals. I'm all about trying to get my, my health and my supplements in and taking all the right vitamins, especially considering Pittsburgh's so lacking in sunshine. Yeah. Gotta make sure you get that vitamin D. <sighs> so, you know, I have all kinds of just, like, drinking green smoothies every day, doing stretches, getting in exercise. Uh, I got this rose quartz crystal ball that I check in with. It's, like, <laughs> everywhere, anywhere. You just gotta feel that energy, um, receive it, give it, get it, and um, try to just elevate yourself and everyone around you and... Um, there's a lot of daily rituals I um, utilize to get there. Okay. So you'll be happy to know there are three sections in this podcast. Okay, so we're on to section two for (laughs) Q&A. Any questions from the audience? Anybody have any questions for our ladies? Wow. Okay, so it's going to go fast. (laughs) Question to the the host for DJ Dragon Don't do that. (laughs) When did you come to realize... Or an artist. When did you become comfortable saying you're an artist? Ooh, good I one. To that answer. For the you listeners, that is my husband thinking that he's cute. Wow. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Dan <laughs> is cute, okay? Okay. Um, um, hmm. I have always, uh, I've always kind of felt there, there's always been art present in my life, and I've always felt artistic or creative. Um, mostly because I've always been in that my mother made sure that my sister and I were involved in creative things, um, whether it be performing arts or actual, you know, arts or video and whatnot. Um, But I don't think I was ever actually comfortable calling myself an artist until, and coincidentally enough, um, until I met you, Dan. Until you uh, forced me to call myself an artist and to no, till I well, no, till I until forced me to realize that you know that there is no real, there's no set way of being an artist and there's no 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 definition and set in stone of to you know the things that I was trying to say. Well, but I don't do this and I don't do that. I don't have this and I don't have that. But it's like no, that's like you're an artist and so. You helped me realize <laughs> six se- six years ago. <laughs> okay, so no more questions. Yes. I have a question. Um, talk about Pittsburgh's 
support uh, what works in terms of Pittsburgh supporting artists and what could Pittsburgh do better? What works in, with Pittsburgh supporting artists and what could Pittsburgh do better? Ooh, um, so, so there, I think... <sighs> I think there's a lot of there's lots of things that can be done. I think when you say Pittsburgh, what can Pittsburgh do? It's like who is Pittsburgh? Who is responsible for that? So, um, so I think the people with the checkbooks or the artists or the residents, right? Or? So, but there's lot that's that's the thing about Pittsburgh that there are lots of people with the checkbooks, right? Right. So, who do we make responsible for, you know, making change or making things better? Um, and I think when you say Pittsburgh, it, it sort of leaves that responsibility piece a little vague. I'll say as an artist, um, you know, it's. I, I, when I was like, yeah, I had a choice when I was un- graduating undergrad, I was like, am I going to go back to DC or am I going to come to Pittsburgh? And Pittsburgh was, um, for many reasons, for many personal and general reasons, um, what was just a better move and a better fit. And part of that at the time was Pittsburgh's affordable, right? So Pittsburgh's affordable. And this is like, with 2007. This is seven years ago, okay? So at that time, I was like, Pittsburgh's affordable. You know, I can live here. I can get a job. I can figure out. Yep, 2010. <laughs> <laughs> I seven years or seven. That's seven years. <laughs> um, and I found that as an artist, the philanthropic community is has been very extremely supportive of me and my work and artists who I've seen sort of like coming up over the past few years. Um, so that's totally present. Um, what can Pittsburgh do? I think that tra- traditionally there are lots of resources that have not been available for black people here. And it's a, it's, a, it's a very real problem that black people here have it as hard as we do. Right, so the highest rates of unemployment, the highest rates of poverty, the highest rates of you know infant mortality, infant mortality, um, black women dying at young ages, all kinds of things. So like these are like real problems that black people um, are facing, and I'm saying black people specifically, not to exclude other groups that are also in need, but in Pittsburgh, right, we don't have this large population of Latinx folks. We don't have a large population of, you know, people from various different parts of the world. In Pittsburgh, populations, you know, traditionally are very black and white, are separated in very black and white ways. Um, so I'm speaking specifically to um, the communities that, that, like, that I represent and that I see sort of like, that I, that I see sort of traditionally having these issues here. And I think there are increasing populations. There are populations that are increasing and in our, uh, that are also facing challenges, like the immigrant community is facing challenges across the country, and it's very true here. So, yes, it is. Um, so, you know, that, that, those, these disparage, these inequities, like, there's something that has to give, right, for people to, to be able to live here and thrive here and not just survive. There's a lots of, lots of surviving in our neighborhoods. Um, and for creative people, for artists, right, because art is like the last, the, the le- one of the least things that, of importance, 
right? Mm-hmm. I don't truly believe that. Like, that's not I'm saying that because I believe it, but it's like on a spectrum of what we need to live to survive in the world, you know, create creative arts and art, right, is lower on that priority list. So for me as an artist, and I want to... Um, and I want to see more black and brown people and minority people as audience members, more black and brown people investing in artists and buying art and being collectors. Um, you know what I mean? Sort of like a part of the entire ecosystem, sort of like of, 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 of business of how it works, right? From audience member to creator to producer to whatever you are on that spectrum. And um, it's like, how can we ask of... Um, our populations to be concerned about our art as if it's like this super important thing because it's important to us but these populations are also having these challenges of everything we just listed right education and job and housing you know what I mean these very real like um um systematic you know, uh, call me out, send me a word, something. <laughs> but in that, would, yeah, like these real things that are affecting people's lives. Um, so, so you know, all of this is a part of, I think, the work that we're doing at Boom is how do we make people see that art is important and investing in art is important. Um, and Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh can help make, I'm putting air quotes, Pittsburgh can help make that happen by investing in black and brown people investing real dollars into people representing marginalized voices so that those voices no longer, you know what I mean, become, become, start to become less and less marginalized, right? So we do start to get our, our stories out here that are paid adequately for the work that we do and everything in between. Um, there's so much more to that, but that's, you know, there. We, there's all kinds of things we can talk about, but that's that's the realest of it all. It's like it's, you know, there's we can talk about how wonderful Pittsburgh is as a philanthropic community, and there's so much money here, mm-hmm. but that money has not been in the hands of Black people. Mm-hmm. Period. Business owners, whatever kind of business, restaurants, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So that's a start. And when and again, I'll say like again, when you put Pittsburgh. Sort of as this, it's like who is that? Who is who takes that responsibility? Like whose fault? Who who takes that on and fixes that problem? And it is the people with the checkbooks, and it is our elected officials. All right. I wanted to. I know it was that was everything, but I want to. I want to just add to that and say, what can Pittsburgh do better? Accountability. Like Pittsburgh needs to hold itself accountable. So that's on every level. So foundation community they need to hold accountable their projects meaning like they need to create metrics like who are they funding how much how much actual real dollars are going into the pockets of black and brown people like how many like real dollars are being like received by those people like how many um people that are artists are practicing work are holding like their own communities you know however they identify like how are you holding your own communities accountable um and i think for accountability you need to think about metrics and and like real dollar amounts and like where they're going but you also need to think about time and i think that often people want to get things done quickly and um because of timelines it's just like things happen so rapidly but that that leads to more inequity it's like when people want things done quickly 
um, then your office ends up hiring all white people. Or um, if when people want things done quickly, they tell their friend, I need you to do this. But they're not going through all of the steps and, and measures they need to really reach out to the whole of Pittsburgh. So if you're um, if you have an opportunity, like there are opportunities there. There is money there. But how are we making sure and holding ourselves accountable that everybody really gets access to even knowing about having time to complete and be a part of those monies, um, those opportunities and accessing that money, accessing that support um, in, in marketing and in like visibility. So I think the resources are there and we need to take a really good look on how they're allocated. And I think people need to be more accountable to real measures that they set up for themselves as individuals and for the organizations. And I think that um, people need to think long-term and build relationships and um, don't just think you're going to throw some money and it's going to be fixed. If you got to invest in communities, and that's a long-time commitment um, that's not going to happen in one year or two years or three years. This is a long-time thing. Um, so people really need to self-reflect on every level as an individual, as an organization, as a grant-authoring body, whatever, um, and think about how how is it really being received, what you're doing in reality. So. Not what, not what you think it is. Yeah. Yes. What's the honesty behind it? Okay. So let's move on to segment three, <laughs> which I call which I call questionable conversation. And I'm just going to ask them random, uh, 20 random questions. Uh-oh. They don't have to be rapid fire. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you ready? Go. Friday. All right. What album can you listen to from beginning to end? John Coltrane, The Love Supreme. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've been listening to Culture like every day, the last couple of days. <laughs> it will probably change next week. <laughs> Do you prefer sunrises or sunsets? Both. Sunrise, sunrises because I'm less likely to see them. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Your favorite word? Boom. Discombobulate. <laughs> Do you need to write down things to remember them? Yes. Hell yes. <laughs> what was your first job? Ooh, my first job was... <laughs> my first job was standing on top of a crate at the open pantry on the corner of Lincoln and Limington in Homewood, my grandmother's store. And I was a cashier. I was probably like 12. I probably wasn't allowed to be working. I shouldn't be saying this. <laughs> but I was, I, would stay, I was too short to reach the counter, so I was standing on top of a crate, and I would like ring people up, and that's why I'm so good at math. Yeah. Um, my first paid job was when I was about like 14. And, well, yeah, I'm not talking about unpaid stuff. I'm talking about paid. And I was tutoring kids like a year or two younger than me in Hebrew, trying to stay one lesson ahead of them. Nice. <laughs> Your favorite song to sing? The ones we make up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forget it already. The one we made up. Honey, honey boo, sunny boo. How'd it go, though? Funny boo. No, Funny I forget boo. the melody. It's cool. We don't, we don't need to go there on the radio. <laughs> um, yeah, on the radio. Just come to our show, I Love Supreme. Uh, I do have a song I love to sing. Um, it's like, it's just kind of corny. Uh, it's like an old Charlie Chaplin song. Aww. 
<laughs> smile? It is smile. Aww. Smile, though your heart is breaking. Thank you. Right? Smile, even though it's breaking. Aww. Though there are clouds in the sky, you'll get by if you smile. Right. <laughs> and maybe tomorrow you'll find that life is still worthwhile <laughs> if you just smile. Beautiful. How do you learn best by listening, by watching, reading, or doing? Watching. Doing, but I need to see it visually. Okay. What's the longest you've ever gone without sleep? <laughs> I mean, if I well, like, if I dozed off, the pointing very, very aggressively the towards you. The <laughs> <laughs> um, longest I've gone without sleep. Yeah, I don't know you. That's you. You be going to uh, Massachusetts, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what? Y'all be Straight staying up, up all like, night. People, people are surprised by how much I actually do sleep. Yeah. I actually always get at least six hours of sleep every single night. Okay. All right, not every night. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say like probably five, at least five nights a week, I get at least six hours a night. Okay. That helps. So. <laughs> I don't know how much I sleep. But I, when I'm when I'm done, whoa, when I'm done, <laughs> when I'm done, it's oh, like when I'm done, I'm done. So I'll, you know, I'll I'll call it in. So, <laughs> what is your favorite part of the human face, and why? Oh, <laughs> she's at beards. Um, I think eyes. Yeah. yeah, I think eyes are. I mean, there's nothing that. Um, I think there's nothing more powerful than looking into someone's eyes um, and like trying to trying to see if you can see what they're thinking. <laughs> like you look real intently in someone's eyes and you're like, can I figure it out? Um, but you know, Daryl's lips are pretty good. I'll okay. just go. I'll just go with that. Aww. Okay. Um, Julie, I was gonna ask if the tongue counts, but I think I'll say like people's smiles or or lack thereof or whatever. Just like the the expression you make, that's like a smile or oh, the brow. I think yeah, like the brow and the wrinkle in the brow with some folks. You okay. can like. It, I think it tells a lot mm. about. Sort of their either their like natural disposition mm-hmm. or their current mood or space, but yeah, I think you can just tell a lot about where a person is by their. That's a new one. You know that like brow. Yes, <laughs> very expressive. Do you yeah. talk to yourself? My grandma. Yes. <laughs> Dude. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, she does. Um, yeah. <laughs> you answer Especially when I'm going for a walk. Yes. <laughs> when I'm like on my bike, I always sing to myself when I'm riding my bike. I love singing myself um how long could you go without talking well i have the privilege of being able to talk and express myself um so i i don't know i can't how long i don't know a day (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't don't know a time i i really i think i could 
Um, <laughs> it's far. I'm sorry. It's just those moments of being within yourself and like thinking about conversations you have in your brain, like in your inner <laughs> yes. thought, right? So I could totally entertain myself. Like I could oh, really yeah. <laughs> be yeah. in my brain and think through lots of things very intently and be like in there. So probably a long time. <laughs> What's your favorite holiday? My birthday. <laughs> Word. That, that totally works. <laughs> That's every day. Um, favorite holiday? Juneteenth. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, I, I don't know. Summer solstice. Okay. Um, do you speak any other languages? Oh, I used to speak Italian. <laughs> si puedo hablar español. Okay. Do you speak Hebrew? I can read it. I can read it and I can write it, but I, I can't speak it or understand it. Okay. I know a few words. Yeah, I, un, un poco italiano. A little bit of Italian. I sing in Italian, German, French, Italian, wait, Italian, German, French, Latin, wow. Spanish. Woo! That's impressive. Damn, Woo! girl. Um, yeah, I also studied Latin back in the day. Nice. Uh, do you remember your dreams? No, unless my grandmother's in them, then I remember. Yes, um, lately I've been remembering them more than I had been, and sometimes I write them down, so it kind of ebbs and flows. Okay. Outside of family members, with whom is your longest friendship? Maybe I have two friends, shout out, Simone Adler, Laura Julio, two two friends who I've like stuck it out with for at least half my life. Okay. Yeah. That's good. I got other friends. Um, shout out to you too. Yeah. <laughs> Much love. Shout out to um shout out to my home my home girl. I don't I don't even wanna like okay. So shout out to my one homie, uh friends since third grade. Oh. Issue. And then I also have some friends from high school that I'm still really that I still really rock with. Um, so yeah, I was just I was just in Maryland recently and hung out with some friends from high school. And uh, yeah, we still rocking out. Nice. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is someone who encourages you? <laughs> you, honey, <baby>. Oh. And Clinique just said Julie. Sweet. Well, Inclinic definitely encourages me, so. I figured that's how this was going to go. No, we get lots of encouragement from, you know, I'm thankful as a performer because I am on stage and I'm kind of like in the public. I mean, I'll be walking down the street and somebody will stop and be like, oh my God, like that thing, I was at that one show and oh my God. And that, you know. That does my heart so good, and I'm so thankful for that experience Mm -hmm. because it hits you, like, when you least expect it, Mm -hmm. when you most need it, Mm -hmm. you know, even when that, if that person doesn't even know. And so, yeah, thankful for, you know, people who have experienced my work and and who tell me about it as I'm walking down the street randomly. (laughs) Like, that, that should be having me, like... 
I mean, not just for Clint, but it has me feeling like, okay, I'm not a failure. Let's just, okay. You know, like, okay, like somebody cares. Somebody, you touched someone's life enough that they spoke up and said something. And I, like, that's big. You know, it's it's a little thing, but it's big. That's very powerful. Yeah, I'm thankful for that. No. The queenies, the queens. Oh, I need fan nicknames. The uniques. We'll work on that one. I think I need more fans. I think I probably need like a. We'll work on that. Yeah, we'll work. We'll workshop it. Are you a good cook? Hell yeah. I'm decent. I'm decent. <laughs> when I get it together, when I get it together, I'm it's good. You can Anthony speak Anthony's and act like you can't talk. I'll just say it right here. Anthony's a great cook. All right. Thanks. 100%. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> you never get tired of blank. The sun. <laughs> oh, Anquan. Right? We all just Doing these crazy gestures, these <laughs> hip motions and tongues, tongue wagging. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we read it in your brow. We can see it all in my brows. brows. <laughs> yeah, we read that. Um, <laughs> I never, I never get tired of alone time. Hell yeah, for sure. Um, because I can't. Well, I feel you. Because I feel like I, it's you know I'm. It's always moving and grooving, like so. When I have that time, it's like, whoo, all right. Um, and I, and I never get tired of sex. So, <laughs> all right, we'll there you go. There. Word. Um, are you proud of yourself? Oh, <laughs> we have a question cute, from the cute. audience. <laughs> what is your favorite sex song? Cute Rihanna. Cute Rihanna. Cute Rihanna. <laughs> That has not been the first time we've cued Rihanna. No, it has not. <laughs> Are you proud of yourself? Hell yeah. Woo! Yes. Hell yeah. I'm proud of myself, but I'm also proud that I'm not too proud. Okay. So, you know. <laughs> and that is a thing, like, keeping it, keeping it all in perspective. True. I, you know, I'm, I'm most proud of my ability to just keeping it in perspective, to keep working, to keep trying to challenge myself and get better. Um, to, I'm, I, yeah, like, I'm proud that, like, when I think I can't do it, that I can. And that I'm, you know humble enough to know that it wasn't perfect and to do it again. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Right. And finally, describe yourself in one word. Shawden. Shawden. Nah. <laughs> you describe yourself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say jubilant Julie. <laughs> <laughs> Ready? Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, so I'm gonna say a word that that I think that I want to I want someone to use this word to describe me at some point in my life and oh. doesn't have to be right now. Because it might now. not be appropriate now. But I was re- I was randomly flipping through my Facebook and saw this little this interview that Toni Morrison was doing and they were talking about this person. But she was sat talking about someone being brilliant. Woo! And I was like, oh, and it was the way she said it about Everybody talking about, brilliant. but they weren't brilliant. And then when you talk about brilliance, that it's not just, oh, you were smart, mm-hmm. or you were cute, or you were saying okay, 
or it happened, you know what I mean, or like, you know, sort of the regular ways that we describe, but I think brilliance is something that I really aspire to, and I hope that I can live up to that. And it's cool, it don't got to be right now. It's probably best. <laughs> In order to keep you whole humble. Yeah, you know, it's like, we got somewhere to go. We still got somewhere to go. Well, thank you. Ooh, can thank we ask you. one question thank for you? Camilla, okay. yeah. Is it too? Is it too long? Can I? Yeah. All right. Sure. I don't know. Is that like we can edit? Or what? <laughs> it's a twist <laughs> out. It's okay. a twist it's out. Thank you. Thank you. It is. Moisture. Yes. Shout out to Moisture. Can I get a spot? Sponsor. <laughs> Yes. All right, one, one, one last question from the from the panel here. Okay. Um, I see you have a Black Panther shirt on. Yes. From back in the day. Yes. And I just wanted to ask, um, what sort of relevance do you feel it has to you today? Um, well. It says the um, free food program. Yeah, it's the people's w, free food program free with food the Black program. Panther on it. It's, um, I was brought up by a rather militant black single mom. And um, learned a lot about the Black Panther Party, Huey P. Newton, and you know H. Rap Brown, and we made she made sure that we were well versed on all of the all of those black leaders. And um, it's just always been something that's been a part of me, uh, just repping my blackness and making sure that I know who I am and where I am. And damn if this doesn't get more relevant every day. Yeah. <laughs> this man has taken office um but uh i don't know it's very <clears throat> wow that's a that's a that's a deep question i don't so we can leave it there yeah i mean yeah, but i think about also when you wear that shirt <laughs> when i see that shirt particularly because it does say the people's free food program it reminds me of the service right exactly you know what i mean like to, people to have giving back to your community and making sure that yep. your people are okay yeah you are checking in and you are taking care of home yeah so yeah yeah that so. that has a lot that People particularly about guns, but that was, not, even that was right. not that was not the point it was really about you know service to yeah. each other mm-hmm. and serving everyone the community and, and those most vulnerable sure. in our communities and um, people forget that mm-hmm. for sure yeah yeah. Thank you. All right. So, yes. where can people find you on the internet and all that stuff? Uh, all right. Follow us on Twitter at J U L I E M A L L I S A R T Julie Malice Art, and uh, you can find me on on Twitter and Instagram at Soprano Wing. No, yes, at yes. Soprano Wing. Um, uh, you can also find me at www.anqwenique. Dot com if you ever know just to know how to spell it yes. and I will have links on my website and um, yeah you can follow me on Twitter at the underscore rugged angel at boom concepts boom. and boom. be, boom. be all, yes be on the lookout for all of the boom angel series angel. thank you everybody for sticking around and watching and participating and thank you.